Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. You will need your Bible. We notice when people come in, there are traditional leather-bound Bibles. There are Bible apps on telephones that some of you have and devices. Whatever access you have to the Bible, it needs to be open to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is from God through the Apostle Paul to Timothy about what Timothy would face as a Christian working as a gospel preacher a little over 2,000 years ago. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Do you ever have moments when you wonder, why are we so messed up in this world? It seems to us like things are just all turned around. And that the evidence is in our face day after day. Moral truth widely accepted just a few years ago. We get up every day and hear it denied. And we see it ignored. And it causes grief as we consider people who are lost in their rejection of what is right. Hostility and anger seems to rule the day. False religion continues to prosper. Materialism, greed, appetite unguarded, marriages, families, children, so many in ruin, attitudes dropping into cynicism. And so from time to time we pause and say, what's going on? How can our condition today be accounted for? What is the source? What is the problem? And the answer is people. Not all people, but the people who are described in this passage we've read. 
And I'm going to get to that in just a few minutes. But first, there are two phrases in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy I want to navigate with you. Two phrases. Look with me at this phrase, the last days, just for a moment. I think to many modern readers, this phrase creates only one thought. The last days, well, that must be the end times. The last few days or years before the end of the world. Well, before you settle on that, let me remind us, Paul is writing to Timothy about what Timothy would experience in his life and in his work. There is no evidence this is a prophecy of something that hasn't happened yet because we see it every day, what's described here. This expression, the last days, had relevance for Timothy and certainly has relevance for us in our society today. Then, I want to speak to you about one word. Times of difficulty. Difficulty. For Timothy and for Christians today, there is the reality of difficulty. If you have the King James, it says perilous times. If you have the New International Version, it says terrible. So difficulty, perilous, terrible. I'll tell you this. God doesn't promise that His people on earth will never have difficulty. That we will never have any problems, any storms to navigate. Nor does God promise that people around us will be good people all the time. Or that society will be morally pure and therefore peaceful all the way around. It is the teaching of some that once you are born again, going forward, everything will be just glorious on earth. No health issues, no financial issues. Some religious teachers come very close to promising heaven on earth. And some high-profile religious leaders do not deal specifically with passages like this that describe the world we live in. Well, Paul wanted Timothy to know, and we need to know and face, difficulty here on the earth. Now, that we can endure it and have victory over it and remain in peace with God through Christ, absolutely. God strengthens His people to endure earthly difficulty. He empowers the faithful to learn from it and become strong through it and to be more than conquerors in it. Yes to all of that. But this truth about life on earth remains. Paul says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Now, as to the difficulty described here, let us focus in. The difficulty here is specific. There is a general difficulty about life on earth that may have to do with economic concerns or may have to do with disabilities or illness that may befall good people. But this passage 
is about a specific kind of difficulty. The dark, decadent fog that we must see through and break through while we live here on earth but not participate in. <clears throat> it's called sin. I raised a question when I started, why are things so messed up in our world, our society, our nation? And the answer in this passage is people. God and his faithful people are not creating the difficulty described here. People are, but what kind of people are creating this difficulty that Timothy observed and that we observe? In verses 2 through 4, here are the kinds of people Paul describes. People, verse 2, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. The difficulty described in this passage is not global warming, it's global sinning. If you are not a participant in any of this, the times of difficulty we live in are not your fault. But you have to respond to it and resolve you will not participate in it and that you will give the solution to it. If your life in practice and proclamation stands against these offenses we've read, the times of difficulty are not your fault. God is opposed to the lifestyle documented on this page. God's people are opposed to it. The times of difficulty are perilous times is a result of people whose behavior is detailed in this passage. It is not the case that Paul wrote something prophetic and today it just automatically comes to pass apart from people, merely as a fulfillment of something written. Verse 1 says, times of difficulty, and then verse 2 follows up, for people will be. And the godless lifestyles are written out in very specific terms. This is the will of some people, and it's why society is in a mess. The immoral climate of our day is because of people who love themselves, love their money, they are proud and disobedient, no self-control, and then at the end of the list, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Why are things in our world so messed up? Paul says, here's the problem the people described here. Now, they may have a form of godliness, verse 5 says, and what we call that is hypocrisy. When there is an outward show or appearance of religion, 
But behind the performance or the form, there is progressively deteriorating morals away from God. What a warning that is to us. See, there, there must be more than just formality. There must be more than outward appearance. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God will never be just a stage show for others to watch and applaud. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Carefully follow your manner of life. Grow in reverence, in attitude, in prayer, in thanksgiving. The problem Paul identifies is people who may look religious, <clears throat> who may have a pretty good stage appearance of some religious form, but they are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of of God. And they are people who resist knowledge. It says in verse 7, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. This is so important to see what this says. Learning is one thing. You listen, you read, you remember, However, genuine, intimate knowledge of truth comes to pass when you live what you've learned. Let me say that again. You listen and read and absorb and remember. But genuine, intimate knowledge of truth is when you live what you've learned. But these are people who are responsible for the difficulty we see in society who are learners but they're not doers they resist genuine knowledge of the truth now about this time as you go through the text you're going to ask Paul what do we need to do about this and there are three words at the end of verse 5 avoid such people can we talk about that? One of the primary formative influences toward your character is companionship. One of the primary formative influences toward your character is companionship. Christian parents know this very well. They don't want their children hanging out with just anyone. <coughs> they guard. They direct. They monitor the friendships formed by their children. They may check their phones. In the teen years, it becomes an ever-present concern that Christian parents pray about and oversee because one of the primary formative influences toward your character development is companionship. It is so for all of us. Whatever our age, whatever our experience, it may not be as intense as it was when you were 16. But there are warnings in God's Word to all His people, whatever their age, avoid such people. And today, friendship and close relationships are not only formed in the workplace, in the neighborhood, 
but online through social media and digital communication. What Paul wrote here, and in 1 Corinthians 15 still applies, evil companionship corrupts good morals. Evil companionship can occur on that phone screen or computer screen. So our country, our society is in a mess. Perilous times, times of difficulty, Paul says, because of people who pursue the mindset and the lifestyles here described, and after the description, Paul says very clearly, avoid such people. And then he says, they will not get very far. The pathway these people are taking has no good destination. We should avoid them, and one reason is they're not headed in the right direction. We talked about that last Sunday, being headed in the right direction. These people are not headed in the right direction. Don't partner up with them. It is like Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2 verse 1 that we read earlier in the Bible class. They bring upon themselves swift destruction. Paul says it this way, they will not get very far. So why is our culture so messed up? People, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I have two challenges for us today. I have two challenges for us today. Number one, while we avoid the people described here, and resist fellowship or partnership with them in these deeds, we must not avoid efforts to reach them with the gospel of Christ. This is not easy. You know, there is mass evangelism, public evangelism. We invite people. We offer teaching on our website, mass evangelism may not reach the kind of people described here. Personal evangelism, one-on-one, -on -one, may be the way to reach these people. And that's not easy. You talk to someone you know about the gospel. Are we doing that? We avoid the behavior. We guard against the influence of their lifestyle there is some distance there, avoid such people, but we want to speak with them about their destiny. That's hard. It has never been easy. It's never been easy. Do you pray God for strength to talk to people about where their present lifestyle is headed? As I read the passage and as I make observations from it in 2 Timothy 3, perhaps you thought of someone you know. 
maybe not a close companion, you avoid the influence of their lifestyle, but you really need to make an effort. Find an opportunity. Ask God to help you put the words together to reach that person who's involved in one or more of these transgressions. Seek to show them the right way. That's challenge number one. Reach them with the gospel. Challenge number two is about us. Just keep reading. You, however, you see that in verse 10? We started out, people will be lovers of self, etc. Now we're at verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you've learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped, for every good work. This is how Timothy was to avoid the corruption and difficulty documented in verses 1 through 9. And this is how we maintain our sanity. Stay on course and not become a part of what we see. This is how we exhibit good influence and we do this with Bible in hand, in mind, and in life, believing all Scripture given by God is profitable to reach and correct people who are willing to not only learn, but attain to genuine knowledge in living what they learn. And how does chapter 4 open? Preach the Word. That's the answer. So 2 Timothy chapter 3 rings true in our time. And it is hard to read because it is what we see every day in the world. It is hard to read because we know people who fit these descriptions, people who are lost. But it may also be hard to read because you are guilty of some of what is described in the passage, or I am guilty of some of this. Passages like this can convict the guilty, not only describe what we see, but convict us at some level. Now to remain guilty is the tragedy. 
to be convicted of guilt and repent has great value. To remain guilty is the greater tragedy. So be honest. Though it may hurt, for your good, for my good, we need to be honest. Are we lovers of money? Anyone here disobedient to your parents? What about ungrateful? How many of us are guilty of being ungrateful? Without self-control, reckless, lovers of pleasure. Well, what did Timothy learn from childhood? Verse 15 says, salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That is the gift offered to you now while we stand together to sing.